Good morning, everyone. Let's stand and worship together.
welcome to Springwell Church and also welcome to the people who are joining us online this morning. If this is your first time here, we're glad that you're here and you've picked a great day because today we're starting a new series called Making Change. And in a few minutes, Pastor Scott's going to come up here and kind of tell us um, how we can make a lasting change in our lives where we've had hurt and brokenness. But before we do that, we're going to continue to worship together. So take a few minutes, say hey to somebody around you. excited that you're here this morning and we're excited to introduce a new song to you and the name of the song is yes I will and before we really get into it what we want to do is just go through the chorus with you just to get you familiar with it and then we'll go right into that song so sing this with me yes I will lift you high in the lowest valley and yes I will bless your Sing for joy when my heart is heavy in all my days. Oh, yes, I will sing it again. Oh, yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. I think you guys have got it. That'll sound great. All right, sing this verse. I count on one thing. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. God who's never there is working all things out, working all things out. Oh, yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name.
in this room, including myself, that those words are hard to sing because we've been through and we're going through such heartache that other people can't even imagine, that we're in the valley and we're trying our hardest to praise you, but sometimes, honestly, we feel alone and we feel like we've been left behind. But you remind us through songs like this and through just your daily love that you pour out that you're always there and you've never left us, even when we think that you have because you have the strength to make the mountains fall and the oceans to calm. So you have the strength to pick us up when we're at our lowest point. All we have to do is believe it because you're there and you're waiting to take that hurt away from us because you see us through everything and you grieve with us and your heart breaks for us when you see us hurt. So just help us to believe that and help us to just remind us of your love every single day because every day is a new day and every day is a new struggle, but you're there constantly and in control of everything that we go through. Just remind us of that because we love you and we praise you. Amen. You can take a seat. The song says, I believe it. I believe it because I've seen it. I've seen God come through on bad days and I've seen him on good days. This morning, we're gonna continue to worship that God who is over it all, and uh, we're gonna continue through worship by giving. Uh, We're gonna continue to worship by giving. Uh, This morning, I want you to understand if you're brand new to church, this is your first time here, I want you to know that uh, this morning, we don't expect you to give. We want this service to be a gift to you. But if you've been here for a while, I want you to understand that This moment in the service is more than you might think it is. It's actually not just a moment for us to collect an offering so that we can continue to exist another week, so that lights can be on again and air conditioning running. All those things are great. But it's easy to stand and sing that song, especially on good days. It's hard to put our money where our praise is. Money is something tangible. It's something that we need to survive. And this moment in the service is really an opportunity for us to, uh, to trust God. If he is who he says he is, he will take care of you. There's no doubt about that. So you can trust him. I know the bank account doesn't look like it. But you can if he's real. And if he's not, we need to go home anyway. There's no point in us being here. This morning, I want to give you a chance to just trust that God is who he says he is. I've seen it. I believe it. And today's a chance for you to see it as well. I want to remind you this morning also that we are continuing to receive an offering for Kyle Foster. He's uh, one of our own. He grew up in this church, and uh, now he has the opportunity to make a difference in the lives of middle school and high school students for the next year. He's going to be working with an organization called Young Life, and he has an incredible opportunity to be with them. We're about halfway to his goal. We're at about $3,500. He needs $7,000 to live for the next year, and we would love it if you would help to make that happen. All you have to do is uh, just write Kyle's name on an envelope or text the word Kyle in any amount to the number that's on the screen in just a minute or even give on the kiosk there. Just make sure you select Kyle's name uh, when you do that. This morning, if you're on the left of the row, I'm gonna invite you to pass the bucket to your right. Thanks for trusting God with even your finances. Someone will be on the other side to get the bucket.
Amen. How are y'all, man? Are you doing good? You feel good? You excited? You pumped up? Ready to go? <laughs> um, I love you. I don't know if I told you that in a while. I just love being your pastor. It's pretty cool. It's the coolest church in town, right? Because yeah. we're the coolest people in town. Um, I just want to tell you, uh, you know, sometimes people ask, uh, you probably noticed, some of you have noticed that I probably have spoke less this year than I have in years uh, you know, previous, taking a little bit more time off as far as uh, Sundays go. Um, I heard a couple of rumors out there, you know, that uh, I'm, I'm going somewhere. I ain't. You can't get rid of me that easy. I'm just saying, you can't get rid of me that easy. Um, but this has been this has been a year for me, quite honestly, um, to experience Jesus in a in a in a, in a new way. Um, I'm trying to think, I'm, so I'm praying right now. Time out. Let me pray. All right, Lord. Um, so here's the thing. Here's the, here's the thing. Uh, I will retire one day. Maybe. Um, I love what I do. I love what I do. I just want to be in God's will, God's plan. Here's what I do know. I do feel like that for the last uh, few years, and, and I'm, in a few weeks I'm going to go into a lot more detail than this, uh, and I can't wait. It's going to be so exciting. It's going to be so much fun. Um, I feel like I've been on defense, and I feel like I've been fighting for, trying to hold some ground, and I've been fighting really, really hard, and that's, that's been a very long season. And I'm not sure exactly when, but I do know this. I do know that the season changed for me. And so that's part of what's been going on with me this year is I've spent some incredible time with God, and so I think I'm back on offense. I like offense better than defense, don't you? Anybody else? Are y'all out there? You with me? I would rather take ground than protect ground, wouldn't you? I want to take the hill, you know what I'm saying? I want to rally the troops. And, uh, and I just feel that this is that season, and I've been waiting on this for, uh, for a long time. And so I'm so excited, and I, I, I really, I can't hardly stand myself. But there's some things, it's going to take me a, a few weeks, mm, I don't know, a month or two, I'm not exactly sure what that time frame is, before I can get all that together and kind of bring it to you as a church. But I'm just telling you, you better hang on, because if you like defense, you ain't going to like offense. <laughs> But we're gonna take some. We're gonna take some ground. Woo! I'm excited. Okay, there you go. That's free. Didn't cost you anything. Nobody knew I was gonna say it. I didn't know I was gonna say it until this morning. So, are you ready? You ready for the message for today? You ready for this brand new series today? So we're gonna talk about making change uh, for the next next few weeks. For the next few weeks, we're gonna be working on our person. Got that? We're going to be working on our person. It's amazing how much better the world looks when we get our person put together in the right way. This is an old story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Um, there was a father who was uh, wanting to take a nap on a Sunday afternoon, and his little boy just kept bugging the fire out of him. You know what, I, you know what I'm talking about, adults? Come on, y'all with me? Parents, you know, and, and, and they're always bored. That's what he said, Daddy, I'm bored. You know, Daddy, I'm bored. Daddy, I'm bored. So the dad, and it's an old story because the dad went to a newspaper. Does anybody even get the newspaper anymore? Do they even make the newspaper anymore? Do they, <laughs> yeah, we all get the internet for every bit of news, right? So anyway, with the newspaper, and in the newspaper, he found this really large picture of the world. And so he got some scissors and he cut it out. And then he took some scissors and he cut the picture of the world into about 50 different pieces. And he looked at his son. And he said, now, son, this is a puzzle. What I want you to do is I want you to put the world back together. I want you to put all the pieces back together. And, and the dad was thinking to himself, like, this is a slam dunk, you know. I probably can nap for the rest of the afternoon. I may get a couple of days naps out of this. I mean, how long is it going to take this little fellow to be, able to, put, to be able to put the puzzle pieces back together? So anyway, about 15 minutes later, the little boy woke him up and said, Dad, I'm finished. His dad said, you've got to be kidding me. How in the world could you possibly put a picture of the world cutting 50 different pieces? How could you do that? The boy said, well, it's really pretty simple, Dad. There was a picture of the person on the back. It's pretty sweet right here, ain't it? You can't buy this at the store. 
when I got my person on the back put together, then the world looked just fine. So here's what I want you to know this morning. It's amazing how much better the world looks when we put our person together in the right way. Work is better. Play is better. Relationships are better. Let me say this, when your person's not put together in the right way, then your relationships are going to go south. You're going to hate your job, play's going to stink. I mean, nothing is going to really be good in your life when your person is all out of sorts. And so life is just better, and we can make some changes. The necessary changes to make our world better, and the thing of it is, is this, is that we all, I underline that word in my notes. All, we all have some changes that we could make. Hmm? We all have something to change because the fact is, life is tough. Can I have an amen? Young church, you don't even know how to say amen, just say, oh, me. I mean, you know, just utter a little bit of something. Yeah. Absolutely, life is hard. We live in an imperfect world, right? And we live in an imperfect world because we are imperfect. And we make the world imperfect. That wasn't as much fun as you thought it was going to be, right? But Romans 3.23, one of those most famous verses of Scripture in the Bible, it says this, for everyone, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short. We all fall short. You know what the word all means in the Greek? It means all. We all fall short of God's glorious standards. That means, it's simple, that means that nobody here is perfect. Nobody. Not a single solitary person in this building this morning is perfect. We're all messed up. We're messed up on different levels, but we're all messed up. We've all made mistakes. We all got some sin in our life. Now, I was just wondering how many of you would uh, be actually be willing to raise your hand in front of God and everybody here, admitting, confessing that you got some sin from your past. Now, hang on. That's the easy part. Because <laughs> everybody says, oh, yeah, that was my past, right? Everybody raise their hand. Yeah, that's me, that's me. But no, I'm not talking just about your past. How many of you would raise your hand right now and say, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm messing up in some area in my life in the present. Hang on, hang on. How many of you would then be so bold as to say, I not only got sin in my past, I not only got junk in my present, but I'm pretty sure that messing up is going to be in my future. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? Thank you. I, man, I feel you, brother. Now, let me just say, for those of you who didn't raise your hand, or stand up, You are at best not very self-aware. Because there's people sitting beside you right now that want to punch you and say, you better get your hand up. You're more messed up than I am. You're so messed up you won't even raise your hand. <laughs> so at best, at best, you're not self-aware. At worst, you are a liar. That's awful, isn't it? Somebody just beat the snot out of you with the Bible on Sunday morning. At best, you are a liar. First John chapter 1, verse 8. If we claim that we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves. Now, you've got to go back and read this whole chapter because there's a couple times he don't beat around the bush. He says, you are a liar. At least here, he tries to soften the blow a little bit at least by saying you're just not living in the truth. In other words, you are a, yeah, you're a liar. I'm just saying that we've all messed up. We've all got sin in our lives, all of us. Every single person here is in need of some change. And that's what so many of us have been trying to do for years, right? We've been trying to put ourselves back together. We bought some self-help books. You know, we watched Oprah back in the day, and Oprah couldn't help us, you know. And so we thought, now that Oprah's not on TV, what, what are we going to do? And can't rely on some of those other guys, you know. They're crazier than she was. So we've all tried to change. 
We've tried to break some old habits. We've tried to, to be better. Come on. We've tried to be better. We've tried to, to do better. But most of us, if we're just gut level honest, would say, I just didn't have any lasting results. Things were, were good for a while, you know? I mean, man, I was good out of the gate, maybe for the first few days. And, and, and I thought, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. But then something happened. Something started to happen in our head, and we started to have bad thoughts, and the bad thoughts led to bad actions. And before we knew it, we're right back in the same old place that we've been before. And so you know what? Some of you have walked in this place this morning feeling like a loser. You're just a big old spiritual loser, right? I mean, you come to church, it's the right thing to do. You want to do better, you want to be better, but something in you, you just aren't good enough. You, you don't have enough power. You can't be good enough. You can't do enough good to overcome. And if that's you, man, this series is for you. I'm just saying, you don't want to miss... A single solitary week, this series is for you. So, we're all messed up because of our own sin, but you know what's even worse? It's bad enough that we're messed up because of our sin, but we're also messed up because of other people's sin. This is a good part of the message, by the way. You want to say, amen, preach it, brother. You might want to even poke somebody or point at it. Yeah, if it weren't for him or her, you know. And so, in preparation for this message, I just... I did a little study, and I just learned that there's all kinds of abuse. I mean, there's all kinds of abuse. There's sexual abuse, physical abuse, psychological abuse, emotional abuse, mental abuse, child abuse, domestic abuse, and really, God, I'm not kidding, because this is what I did. I just Googled abuse, and if you will just Google abuse, then there'll be just an endless list of abuses that will come up. I'll tell you what else I learned. There's another thing called economic abuse. Economic abuse. According to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence website, economic abuse is when an abuser takes control of or limits access to shared or individual assets or limits the current or future earning potential of the victim as a strategy of power and control. Wow. And some of you that are sitting under my voice right now, you, you know what? You go, that's right. I've experienced that. I've been there where that person tried to control me by controlling my finances. The effect of sin is nasty. But there's, there's, there's so much more. Again, just go on. Just Google abuse. Did you know that one in five women will be raped in her lifetime? Come on. Do you hear me? Now look around the room. Just look at all the women in the room. And then count, and then you start counting. Look at the, at the women in this room right now that have been the victim of already rape. Wow. Nearly one in two women and one in five men experience sexual violence other than rape at some point in their lives. Listen, man, we live in a messed up world. Did you know that, again, according to NCADV, 18% of female victims of spousal rape. Now, let me just stop right there because some of you didn't even know there was a thing called spousal rape. Let me just make sure you understand. Hear it from me first in case nobody else has told you. No means no whether you're married or not. Hello. Women are not objects. They're not ownership. They're gifts from God. So, yes, there is a such thing called spousal rape. 18% of those women that are victims of spousal rape say that their children witnessed the crime. I'm just saying that we're affected, not just by our sin, but we're affected by the sin of others. And then there's, there's dating and teen violence. Dating and teen violence. Did you know that nearly 21% of female high school students and 13.4% of male high school students reported being physically or sexually abused by a dating partner? We don't live in a perfect world, and we should be a whole lot better off today. Wouldn't you agree? We're smarter than we've ever been, right? I mean, there's books that's been written on the subject. I mean, we've got psychologists and psychiatrists. I mean, we're dispensing medication like it's gumdrops. I mean, we're, we know that it's after. We should be better today than ever before, but we're not getting better. We're getting worse. 
Nearly 1.5 million high school students in the U.S. are physically abused by dating partners every year. And then there's another subject we don't talk about a whole lot, and that's, that's elder abuse. Did you know that every year approximately 4 million older Americans are victims of physical, psychological, and or other forms of abuse and neglect? Did you know that? Older adults can't, who can't take care of themselves are at an increased risk of being emotionally abused and or financially exploited. Boy, this was staggering. Approximately 50% of older adults with dementia are mistreated or abused. 50%. We're supposed to be living in an enlightened age, people. We're supposed to be smarter, know better, have, have, uh, have ways to, to deal with the stresses of life. And yet... We are in a mess. I'm telling you, we live in a sick world. And you know what? Part of that is because we're sick, because we struggle with sin, and then we also are affected by the sins of others. It's, it's, it's crazy. And then what about the pain of just doing life? Remember a few weeks ago when we spoke on the blended family? Here's what we said. According to the bonded family, almost 2,100 blended families form in the United States every day day and those listen church folk wake up wake up this is not just unchurched pagan world i'm talking about we're a part of that wow and according to total life counseling center that's because over 50% of first marriages fail and 75% of second marriages fail. According to the Rebuilding Families website, over 1 million children, over 1 million children experience the divorce of their parents each year. And 65% of those children will end up in a blended family due to the remarriage of one or more of both biological parents. According to World Village, Children who live in a blended family are three times more likely to need psychological counseling or psychiatric care than other children. Come on, man. When are we going to wake up and understand the pain of living in the world, being affected by our own sin, our own junk? And then it's not just what we do, but it's the sins of others that also affects our lives. Innocent children that just get caught in the crosshairs. There's also 50% more likely to develop health problems than children living with both biological parents. Now, I've got to be honest. I wrote this several weeks ago. When I wrote this several weeks ago, I, I was disturbed by everything that I was putting on, on paper. And honestly, I don't do this very often. It's, it's rare. I can't even tell you the last time I did it. But I took the message. I printed it off, and I said, this is really rough. But Karen, I want you to read over it for me. Can you just read over this message and just give me your first impression? And so she did. And, and my wife... Uh, if there's one thing about her, if you, if you want to know what she thinks, if you don't want to know what she thinks, don't ask her. She'll tell you. Now, sometimes she tries to be real sweet about it. Other times, she'll cut you. You understand what I'm saying? She will cut you, and when you start to bleed on her carpet, say, get off my carpet. I mean, she can be tough. Emily, give me an amen, Emily. That's what I thought. She read over this, and, and she, here's what she said. She said, baby, it's a good message. I said, I know there's a but, but what? She said, but you've put so many statistics and you've kind of just overwhelmed. And I said, you're exactly right. Because the point that I'm trying to make is, is that life is hard for everybody. What I'm trying to make, what I tried to make with just a little bit of secular research on Google is that every single person in this room right now has been scarred by sin. Either your own sin or the sins of somebody else. I'm trying to tell you, everybody, we need some healing in our lives. We're all messed up. We all have something that we need to change. Living in an imperfect world is hard. So how can we move past the hurts and the bad habits and the effects of sin and experience change? How do we do it? I got one step. <laughs> That's all I got. One point. Feel good because sometimes my points, my sermons are pointless. So anyway, here we go. 
You ready? First step is I got to admit I can't do this on my own. I just and that should be really, really easy. Let me tell you why that's easy. It's because there are so many of us in this place right now that would say, I know, I can admit it because I tried. I've tried for years to do this on my own, and I failed every single time. So admitting that I cannot do this on my own, honestly, for most of us, should be a fairly easy thing. Shouldn't be that hard. I tried. I failed. I've tried a thousand times. I failed. I've tried thousands of times. I failed. So that's a pretty easy point. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and this is a powerful verse, and I'm going to tie it together with another one. So just hang on. Let this sink in. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Watch this. He says, my power, my grace is sufficient. My power is made perfect in weakness. So you know what? Here's the beauty of what he does right here. He ties two things together, grace and power. How many people right now, we haven't read anymore, would say, I'd like to have a little bit more grace in my life. I'd like a little bit. See, if you're a sinner, you raised your hand. You say, yeah, I'd love to have some grace in my life. I need grace in my life. And grace is not just forgiveness. It's not just a mushiness. It's not just a love. It's more than that. Grace is power. And he says, therefore, I love this. I think it's funny. So because he's learned that, he says, I'll tell you what, I'm going to boast in my weaknesses. Because here's the, so, so if grace is power, then I'm going to boast in my weaknesses because I want to get all of the grace of God that I possibly can. Because I've tried to do this on my own and I can't. So that Christ's power may rest on me. Now let's just be honest. Um, that's not a real popular idea for our self-sufficient American culture. Um, Everybody today, the greatest stories that are told are somebody that raised themselves up from their own bootstraps, right? He's a self-made man. She is a self-made woman. I remember hearing somebody on a talk show or something not long ago, and, and the woman was a, a 22-year-old, and she was a, a multi-millionaire billionaire. Maybe she was the first billionaire her age. And she was self-made, tough, dynamic, smart. We don't want to depend on anybody else. We want to be the Lone Ranger. So in this culture, you've got to be able to admit, I can't do this on my own. You need God? Listen, you need God, and you need other people. So I thought that I needed to include this because just to say to admit that I can't do this on my own is not quite enough. So you might want to say, what exactly am I, like, committing to? You know, what am I confessing? What am I admitting to? Well, first, I got to admit that I cannot change my past. You, you, can't, you can't change your past. Uh, I heard somebody, I don't know if this was a song, and I think this was in the last couple of days. It was either a song on the radio. I have it in my head that it was a song. But it's in my head. So you know what I'm talking about. I mean, things could have got confused. Somebody said it. But I've heard this my whole life. You know, time heals. Time, a, a, a verse in a song, a, a chorus in a song, time heals. Time does not heal. Time will make you worse. You don't deal with your junk. I'll tell you what will happen. You'll grow to be an old, bitter, old man or old woman. I've known people that had plenty of time to get over, to grieve, but never did. And they didn't get better. They got worse. Time doesn't heal. So, the past can affect the present. In fact, that's where some of you are right now. Your past, you haven't dealt with your past. You think you dealt with your past. You have said many times, hey, I don't have to worry about my past. Man, the past is in the past. I'm good. You don't even realize that whatever happened in your past is still affecting your present. And all the resentment or revenge in the world isn't going to change it. Number two, I got to admit I can't control other people. Now, you can try to control other people. And let's be honest. 
some people can be controlled through manipulation. I've seen it work. I've seen it happen. I've seen people that were really good that were able to control other people, control the way they think and the way they walk and the way they talk. Manipulation can be a powerful thing. But here's the thing about manipulation. No matter how many people you get on your side, it never fixes you. It never does. And you may have 10 people over here that says, you're all right. Guess what? Now all you did was to pull those 10 into your junk. And now they're as messed up as you are. Manipulation never works. You cannot control other people. The only person that you're responsible for is you. And you've got to get gut level honest about that. Number three, I just have to admit that good intentions, they just aren't enough. You've heard it said, right? The road to hell is paved with, yeah. How many times have you tried with good intentions to change? <laughs> How many times have you got up on a Monday morning, hello, and said, this week's going to be different. I'm, not, I'm cutting sugar out. And you thought that it came with tea. You didn't realize that tea was anything other than sweet. And you thought, well, that's okay. Somehow you got confused, right? How many times have you started off a Monday with, I'm never going to again. And you know what? You didn't make it through the day. Or maybe you made it through the day or maybe a week or two. Good intentions are not enough. Let me tell you why. Because what we're doing with good intentions is we're depending on our own willpower. And willpower is not enough. If you're struggling with an addiction, stop it. Stop the insanity of trying to think that you can fix you. Stop the insanity of trying to think, I just need to work up a little bit more strength because you're never going to have enough. You need something more than willpower. You need a source of power that's beyond yourself. Now, here's this other verse. It's a little different series for me different verses. It's a little different for me. James 4. And he gives grace. What does it say? Oh, no, not God. He can't do it generously. Because we're messed up. If you knew some of my junk, if I knew some of your junk, I mean, like if we put your story on the screen this morning, you'd go, Man, I don't deserve grace. No, that, that's, that's, for, that's for better people than me. No, it's not. He gives grace generously. To who? As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace. He gives power. Remember? Grace is power. And so he gives, he gives grace to the humble. See, grace is the power that God gives me to make changes in my life, and humility is the key that opens up the grace door. So I got a real easy question. So as a follower of Jesus, what needs changing in your life? Silence can be awkward, can't it? What needs changing in your life? Now, we've already established that we all messed up, right? We've already established that. We all messed up. So what needs changing in your life? And the big question is this. Now, are you willing to admit it? To confess it? And it's hard for many of us to admit it because it's, it's humbling. It says to the world, you know what, I don't have it together as much as I want everybody to think I do. I'm, I'm not quite as perfect as, as I led you to believe. And all, all of your friends will say, we, we knew that a long time ago. This is not news. This is nothing. This is not a news flash. We've known all along you weren't perfect. We've known all along you didn't have it together. I, I love this part of James. It's not going to be on the screen because I added this later. Here's what it says, James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. And that, man, that will mess you up. Let me tell you why I'll mess you up. Because it's one thing for me to get down on my knees and pray a silent prayer. <laughs> I mean, I was, we're not even going to pray this prayer out loud. 
See, some of y'all know what I mean and some of you don't. But, I mean, you're going to start getting on your knees and you're going to start confessing your sin. Sometimes we say, well, I want to do that a silent prayer. I don't mind confessing to God, but he says that you've got to confess to some other people. And so we're going to have a few people come down this morning, and we're just going to let you confess all your junk to everybody here. I see people getting up. No. <laughs> Listen to what he says. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. See, confessing to God is one thing, but confessing to somebody else is another. And you're not going to find any healing in your life unless you're willing to come clean with some other people. Now, I joked about it. No, you don't need to come to the whole church. Believe me, we, we don't want to know. We'd be better off if we didn't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I'd probably have to call the police officer. Come, come, come take this person out. They're crazy, you know. But you've got to find some people in this life that you can just get gut-level honest with. And just so you know, you need to know this about me. If you're visiting for the first time, you need to know, I'm not perfect. I know you're shocked. <laughs> come out of the gate, you thought, and I thought that dude had it all together. I'm not perfect. I have a sponsor. I've been through two 12-step studies. Hello, you're talking about messed up. First one just got me started good. I had to go through two 12-step studies. I have a sponsor. I have a group of elders, just so y'all know. I have a group of elders that are there for nobody but me. They know every bit of my junk, and they can ask me any question that they want to ask me. You know why? It's because I know that I need other people in my life. I need them so do you. So would you be willing right now? I'm not, this is not going to be a man be paying me invitation thing going on. I'm, I'm not going to do that because this is a safe place. If you're here for the first time, you just need to know, man, this is like the safest place you could possibly be on any given Sunday morning. Most of us know we're messed up. So here's the question. I told you I was messed up. How many of you would be willing to raise your hand right now and admit, you know what, I, ne I need to work on myself. I just, I just need to work. I got some work I still need to do. You know what I love right now? I'm looking around some people. I'll be honest with you. I'm looking at Jay Ross. I have no idea how far he's gone. Wow, the changes God has brought in his life. And I get the chance to walk along beside him, and he knows he's not there yet. Here's the sweet thing. The closer you get to Jesus, the more you want to be like him. So you need you want more accountability. Help me. I want to get it right. I want to get it right because I want to be as close to Jesus as I can be. So two things you got to do. It was cool to raise your hand, but what are you going to do about it? What you going to do? Are you going to take a step? first step is to admit it second step is to admit it to somebody else and then and then you know what you got to say I, I've got to I've got I got to go beyond myself this is a recovery church and it ain't just for drunks it's not just for cocaine addicts you know what it's for it's for people who struggle with life that's what we've been trying for years people have been repulsed about our church because we're a recovery church and for the life of me, I look at theology and I think, every church is a recovery church. Are you crazy? Like, what church is not in need of, is filled with people who don't need recovery? I tried to build, I tried to build a case this morning. We live in a messed up world. We do. So you can raise your hand on a Sunday morning, but what action are you going to take? We're ready for you. Thursday night. 7 o'clock. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. But you're really self-aware. In fact, you know what? You're self-aware enough to know that you're a sinner. No preacher had to beat you over the head with the Bible. You already knew it. While you've known that you're a sinner, you've tried so hard to be better, to do better all on your own, but you failed, haven't you? Miserably failed. you to know that Jesus is absolutely crazy about you. And 
what you could not do for yourself, he did for you. Jesus, out of his great love for you and his desire to be in a relationship with you, went to the cross to pay the penalty for all sin, for all time. And on the third day, he was raised from the dead. And that's a big one because he had power over death and sin. This morning, if you're willing to just admit, I can't do this on my own. I'm powerless over my own sin. If you're willing to accept what Jesus did for you on the cross, and if you're willing to fully surrender your life to Jesus, then I just want you to pray this prayer with me. Every head's bowed and every eye's closed. Maybe you'd say something like this. You would say, Jesus, forgive me. I messed up. I'm a sinner. I've got hurts, pain. Some of it I created all on my own. And I live in a crazy world and I've been affected by the sin and the craziness of other people. I messed up. But I believe that you came me to seek and to save me to die for me so I can live for you so I'm confessing my sin I'm admitting that I cannot do this on my own and I'm asking for your forgiveness to the best of my ability I am surrendering my life to you Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning, if, uh, if you're here and you've realized that need for accountability and you need some people in your life who can hold you accountable, we actually have someone on staff uh, who does that every day. His name is Jonathan, and he's our Connections Pastor, and he would love to talk to you tomorrow. Uh, he can plug you into a group of people who are at the same life stage that you are, struggling with the same things you're struggling with. Just call the office tomorrow, and he'll uh, get you connected. Or if you don't want to do that, go on and fill out the connection card that you got when you came in the door, and just write that on there. It'll be completely confidential between you and him. And uh, he'll give you a call this week. He would love to walk you through some next steps. Uh, also, if you're in need of counseling, a lot of people don't know this, but we do that every single day here at Springwell. All you have to do is call the office. It's free. Uh, we just want to be there for you and walk with you through whatever you're facing in your life. So if you'll call the office tomorrow, we can get all that set up for you. Uh, if today is your first or your second time here, we're especially glad that you came to be with us this morning. Uh, when you came in the door, you should have received a connection card. If you would just fill that out, let us know that it's your first or second time here and then bring it by the information desk before you leave. There's gonna be someone there who has a gift for you, so there's something in it for you. Fill that out and drop it off and someone will pass that gift along to you. Also, if you did make a decision today to follow Jesus, make sure you mark that on the connection card. So Jonathan, can get in touch with you this week. If you need to talk more after the service, there's going to be some folks right down front. They would love to talk to you as well. I wanted to let you know about a few things that are happening before you leave. Uh, one of those uh, is getting ready to start up starting next week. We're going to be signing up for growth groups. We still need a couple of homes to house some of those growth groups. We'll provide the material for you. It's all DVD based. So literally we provide you a DVD. You pop it in there, show it to your group, talk to them about it. If you're interested in that, stop by the tables in the lobby. You'll see like three high top tables. Is that what you call them? Uh, in the lobby, you can stop there and someone will be there to help you out with that. And uh, if you're willing to host that in your home, uh, also, Wednesday, August 8th, a lot of folks really like these. Our live watch party on Facebook is happening. Go onto the Springwell Facebook page, make sure you like it, and then watch 7 o'clock on Wednesday, August the 8th, and one of our pastors will be teaching on there. You can interact with them, uh, gather some folks together, and uh, just gather around your phone, your Apple TV, however you do that, I don't know, iPad, something like that, and watch and, and watch Facebook on that day, okay? 
And then the last thing is an incredible opportunity. We host homeless families several times a year, and we still need some people who are just willing to hang out with them. So if you and your family are interested in coming up, you'll just do it one night during the week for a couple of hours. Uh, lots of people ask, can I bring my whole family, like my kids, everybody? Bring them all, because those families just really need some interaction with some other people. So bring the whole family, hang out, uh, stop by the table in the lobby. There'll be someone there after the service who can show you exactly where those time slots are but we'd love to get you connected in there. Thank you all so much for being here this week. We'll see you right back here next Sunday.